Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. As the conversation around the implications of the overturn of Roe v. Wade deepens, diversifies, and intensifies, many folks may be wondering how they will be affected personally and what they can do to be involved in promoting life right here in Minnesota. Joining us today with a look at the local implications of the Supreme Court decision for the pro-life cause in Minnesota, and with some ideas as to how to get involved, is Maggie Becker, Project Manager and Policy Associate, as well as Pro-Life Liaison for the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Welcome to the show, Maggie. Great, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Start us off with a bit of an introduction to your role there with the Minnesota Catholic Conferences Conference, and uh, what does it mean to be a policy associate and a pro-life liaison? Yeah, as you said, so I'm policy associate for Minnesota Catholic Conference. I've been doing that for about a year now, and I've been with them for two years. Prior to this, I was doing more on the project management side. But um, now stepping into the pro-life role, that brings me into the advocacy realm. I do um, some lobbying. A lot of my work is building relationships and partnerships with both people in the pro-life movement and like-minded organizations, some speaking like this and more. Yeah, well, we're grateful that you are taking the time to be with us as well. I'm just curious, what what has it been like, you know, that, that puts you pretty much in the public eye, I would imagine, especially in these, well, rather, uh, intense times after the overturn of Roe v. Wade. So what's it been like to be in the public eye when it comes to advocating and lobbying in the pro-life arena? The um, abortion issue and pro-life movement is definitely not a quiet one, um, especially right now. But it's of great comfort, especially stepping into this role within the last year where it's been pretty hot and heavy to know that we're on the side of truth and that we have God as as our guide so regardless of what's going on, I know that he um, is guiding our movement and he's guiding us. And so that's a great comfort just to know that um, he's with us. We also have great partners that we're working with. So we're definitely not alone in this movement and we're definitely better together. They are helpful and we're able to strategize and work together to make abortion unthinkable in our state. Yeah, let's pray it be so. Right. Absolutely. But so not too many sleepless nights then yet, huh? Well, <laughs> no. Not not too many, right? <laughs> That's good. Good. Well, uh, obviously by now uh everyone's familiar with the overturn of Roe v. Wade at least in the, you know, in the surface level conditions that are that are about that and what that means, you know, nationally speaking for abortion being unconstitutional, but of course, it's uh, it's thrown back to the states. So not all states have banned abortion, Minnesota included. What immediate changes or trends might you see now that Minnesota still allows abortion? What does it mean for our state? Right. So, yeah, wonderful news with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, that that's no longer the law of our land. We're obviously thrilled about that. But as you said, in Minnesota, we have our own version of Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Gomez. This was a 1995 case by the Minnesota Supreme Court that created constitutionally mandated taxpayer-funded abortion. So even though, like you said, we don't have Roe anymore, we still have that idea happening in Minnesota under Doe v. Gomez. Um, So in the short answer to that, nothing changes here. And on top of that, on July 11th, a ruling came out um, in Minnesota, the case that was filed in 2019, Doe v. Minnesota, in which a district judge overturned the protections for women seeking an abortion. 
such as the 24-hour waiting period, two-parent notification, other things that um, having a doctor perform it, being in a hospital in the second semester, all of these things got um, overruled. So those are also no longer law, which creates even more um, problems for the abortion landscape in Minnesota, especially in our goal to protect the health and safety of mothers. Mm. So those aren't great things to start with. Um, and my predecessors have worked really hard in the past to get a lot of these laws put into place, especially these um, 24-hour waiting period and the women's right to know laws. This is good stuff, and this is the stuff that, that we need to know and that uh, what what we're up against. And I, I realize you have a central role in this, Maggie, but, of course, you've got so many people who are right on board with you, um, most especially, of course, in our Catholic Church. Right. And uh, so there's a lot of reason for hope there, but this is, this is good stuff. So anything else that we need to know as we continue to support life? Yeah, so, right, with all of that— um, and of course, the states around us are all working to ban abortion, making Minnesota a target for abortion tourism, mm. meaning that mothers are going to start coming to our state. And we're already seeing a lot of companies being they're offering money for this to happen. Um, and women just over the border are going to start coming to our state to get their abortions, whether that be chemical or. Um, yeah, and so that creates more problems because we want to combat that. We want to make abortion unthinkable. So with all these dynamics, our laws, our um, Dovi Gomez especially, that mandates abortion here, we have a lot to work through and a lot that we're up against. But like I said before, God's on our side. We know that ultimately we're on the side of truth. And so we don't see all of these things as um, great difficulties, but rather this is a new starting point for us as a pro-life movement in Minnesota, it's an opportunity for us to get creative in our efforts to work even more collaboratively than we have in the past. Um, we can do all sorts of different things on a legal level or in law, such as increasing funding for the Positive Alternative Grant Program that supports a lot of our local uh, pregnancy resource centers. Um, we can limit the uh, availability of chemical abortions. These are some of the things we're thinking about here. How can we make those safer? Perhaps the mother has to get an ultrasound before getting the chemical pill so that she at least knows how far along she is and it's not a guess. Um, some of these things. So, yeah, there's a lot. Um, the legal landscape is difficult to walk through, but a lot that we can do to protect the health and safety of mothers and our ultimate goal of making abortion unthinkable for women. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, and as you were speaking there, I was thinking of the story of uh, David facing off against Goliath. And right. in a lot of ways, that's got to be what it feels like, right? I mean, uh, headed out. And I got to I gotta be honest that if I were in David's shoes, I probably would not have volunteered to go out against this this huge giant of a Philistine who's coming at me with spears and swords and armor and all that sort of thing. And yet, this uh, you know young ruddy 
uh, shepherd just goes out with a single sling stone and uh, and ends it all, which is wonderful. And with that kind of creativity that I think the Lord can provide in the midst of his church, especially to those of us who are open to his will being worked out in our lives, I mean, there's got to be a lot of great and creative ways that we can continue the pro-life um, efforts, the supporting pro-life efforts, both on the on the legal stage, but also on the practical stage about how does that play out in uh, our everyday life. You mentioned, for example, uh, pregnancy resource centers. We've featured a lot of them right here on the show. Um, pre- pregnancy resource centers right uh, around our local archdiocese and around the, the Twin Cities metro. Um, but other ideas. I mean, uh, what what can we do? What what are there what are there things that that we can do in order to support life in Minnesota at this time? Right. Well, there's um, there are many things that we can do as a starting point. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has an initi- initiative, um, Walking with Moms in Need. You can find that at walkingwithmoms.com, and that has many great resources, including con concrete ways ways that parishes can help out. They have prayers on there, um, reflections, questions, tons of ideas on what we can do um, both at a personal and at a parish level. And that's one of the things that we're focusing on is we're trying to walk with moms in need. What are the ways that we, what can we do, both me as an individual and us as an organization, to help make abortion unthinkable. If it's a woman's only option in her head that she has to get an abortion, well, what are the reasons for that? Are they economic? Are they, um, she doesn't have family support. Maybe you can open up your home, all of these different things. Maybe you can donate to uh, pregnancy resource centers. And we have close relationships with a lot of resource pregnancy resource centers as well um, and are working with them collaboratively because they really are the front line of this movement. And we want to support them as best we can, whether that be through legislation or through our own partnerships. And we're encouraging parishes to do that too. So like I said, we have walkingwithmoms.com. I know um, the Archdiocese has their own version of that. And encouraging, like for example, my parish puts... um, baby bottles in the back of church periodically and then we can pick those up fill them with money return them within the next few weeks and that money and those donations really do tangibly help women in need who are facing these crisis pregnancies right and maggie you've used uh you've used the term making abortion unthinkable in minnesota and uh, I, I like that phrase, that turn of phrase, because um, it's it's not just about it's not just about outlawing things, but it actually it actually draws on a change of mind and a change of heart to say that you know what I'm not it's not even an option, um, which is I think where we want to head, um, just for the for the sake of of defending life and especially life that's most vulnerable places and and uh, yeah. So anyway, with the Minnesota Catholic Conference, as we are. Um, as you've been working with them and are working on, I would imagine, a variety of levels in the pro-life uh, cause. Anything else that we need to know or how we can get involved specifically, right. maybe on more on the political realm and supporting your lobbying efforts, anything like that that we can do? For sure. We um, have our Catholic Advocacy Network. So if you're not a part of that, you can join that. You can sign up. Our website is mncatholic.org and you can 
right on the homepage there, join our Catholic Advocacy Network, and that's who we send out our action alerts. So if we have anything upcoming, like for example, I just saw today, I didn't look too closely at it, but I think it sounds like there's going to be another vote on the federal level for um, enshrining abortion. And so then we'll, we'll send out an alert about things like that, and you can contact your legislators. So that's one great way to get involved. And especially at the local level, at the state level, these legislative contacts, when they hear from you, that really does matter. And if they get like five phone calls, they think an issue is just huge, hmm. that it's blowing up if a legislator gets five phone calls on one issue. And five is a pretty small number, yeah. given they have thousands of constituents. Um, but another thing that we're working on that I want to mention is um, this family economic security package, that the cornerstone of that is a child tax credit. And we made a lot of good progress with that last session. And we're always looking for um, families as storytellers and things that's modeled after the federal child tax credit to give permanent ongoing relief, economic relief to families. Mm. Let's put money into the family's pockets. They're our most important producers and let's help them. So as we're trying to think of how do we make abortion unthinkable? How do we help women? How do we help families? How do we help fam people get married, stay married, have children and raise them in economically stable homes? Mm -hmm. As we know, that's one of the ways you're not going to find yourself in a crisis pregnancy, hopefully. Then we need to get money into the pockets of these families. So we made a big push last session and will again for the child tax credit to provide ongoing tax relief. And you can find out more about that. And like I said, our other action items on our website, mncatholic.org. Maggie, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We're wrapping up our time here with you, but uh, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for all the work that you are doing, and thank you for your fidelity to our Lord and to his church and to the pro-life cause. So thank you for representing us at the Minnesota Catholic Conference but uh, and for encouraging us and spurring us on. God bless you and your continued work. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great to be here. To stay up to date with the Catholic responses to the ongoing abortion debate here in Minnesota, of course, uh, you can become part of the Catholic Advocacy Network over there at the Minnesota Catholic Conference online at mncatholic.org and also walkingwithmoms.com. That's where you want to look for that. Coming up on Practicing Catholic, next week is NFP Awareness Week. After this short break, Nancy Schulte is with us to talk all things NFP. Stay with us. <music> 